as y'all all know, this is my first time speaking in church. Wow. Um, yeah. I've had the opportunity to speak to the ladies several times. I thoroughly enjoy that. Um, I feel like I've always been the type that is able to speak one-on-one much better. Um, because usually what I usually talk about or share somebody with is out of my experience, you know. Uh, things that have happened in my life, transpired in my life. And so usually the Lord allowed me to deal with something, struggle with something, get good knowledge about it, and all of a sudden somebody else will walk up to me and they're like, struggling with this. I'm like, see now why I get to struggle with some things sometimes because it's all about kingdom and so um, one of the things I wanted to share with y'all is um, I talked to Eric. Um, he's actually uh, 11 and a half hours ahead of us. So he's actually 7.30 or whatever in the morning for him. But um, he was, I talked to him late last night, and um, I was just whooped. You know, y'all know my father's in the hospital, and I'm worried about my mom and, and everybody else and my kids. And I, I all the, you know how that is. You get to do something for Jesus, and then the entire world just like goes to just whoop, right on top of you. So, um, but I was talking with him, and he said that he was uh, very upset. He was like, Whatever happened, um, they filed paperwork to go into Donnie Hall, and um, they found out that they were having elephant problems, and that you're not allowed to go in. They had actually guards posted to the area that you go in, and they've been told that the people of Donnie Hall are not allowed to leave, and no one is allowed to go in. And so he was immediately just like, you know, Eric, he's like, okay, let's just push forward, you know, and whatever else. But and Jacqueline actually shared something this morning very. Just simple. She said, you know, sometimes things just, you know, I mean, Paul had obstacles because he was supposed to move somewhere else, you know. And it was, you think you're supposed to go somewhere, and sometimes you have to push, 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 push because it's, you know, it's, uh, you need to fight for it. But then there's times where it is just God moving your feet. Well, so he ended up going to two other villages that he's never been before. And I, it was amazing. You know? And so he was so excited about it, and he was telling me about that. He also wanted me to share with y'all, last time he was there uh, with all of the guys, um, y'all did like a hillside um, meeting, Yes. and there was two guys that were very um, disruptive. They were drunk or whatever else, you know. Well, this time he goes back to only find out that those two guys actually got arrested a few months later, but the pastor of that church went back and ministered to them. Both of them got born again. They're in the church now. You got to go speak and hear them and share with them. It's amazing. So he was so excited about that. It was like, yes. So he wanted me to share that with you. Um, your prayers, guys, I cannot tell you what an amazing thing this is. I know that we are not just praying for Eric. We're praying for all kind of things that are going on. But I'll tell you, you can't um, believe how powerful you are. How something so simple is getting on your face for an hour, you know, how you move mountains. I mean, you really, really do. Um, one of the things I wanted to share with y'all tonight, and, um, you know, not not a big speaker, as I say, but the Lord gives me things, and I need to try and work through them. Um, and what, so it's what it's called is a, um, a willing heart. So that's the name of the message, willing heart. So I need to say the date. I'm supposed to do okay. So it's 2-15-2012, and the name of my message is a really hard. So when I was asked to speak, I knew it was coming. We were sitting in an elders meeting, and I thought, man, I'm 
sit here, I'm going to be quiet, I'm not going to move. And then all of a sudden, the air is like, so you're going to speak? I'm like, it's coming, okay, you know, and immediately I have this battle, you know, I don't know if y'all y'all do, when you feel like God's called you to do something, or you get asked to do something, it is an immediate battle for me, it's like, you know, it's the da-da-dum, you know, and it's the sounds and everything, and it's this conflict that goes on with me, it's flesh versus spirit, you know, it's just, it is, it is what it is, my flesh immediately cried out, oh, I have to give, Lord, I mean, what am I going to say that hasn't already been said, how am I going to, you know, I don't, I don't speak like Eric, I don't, you know, all these things, all that debate, you know. Uh, and then my spirit, man, rises up and says, I've been blessed. I have been blessed. Why can I not share share about the glories of what Jesus has done in my life, you know? Yeah. Of course I can, Lord. I'm, I'm blessed beyond belief. Of course I can share your glories. So, whatever I have to do, you know, I'm always unsure. I'm fearful of the outcome. Um, and I have to learn to be obedient, which, of course, I mean, all of us, all of us love Jesus. We want to be obedient. We want to have a spirit that's full of Jesus and an obedient spirit. So when we talk about a willing heart, you know, this is something kind of always for me that I feel like personally is a little bit more, you know. Um, I learned very on in my walk with Jesus in the beginning that it's very important to be obedient to what the Spirit tells you to do. You know, it is. It's just one of those things that surprises me. It's, um, you know, but it is imperative that you be obedient. You know how you raise your children when you tell them, don't cross the street. You know, it's because, and you tell them, be obedient to me because there's consequences. It's a negative consequence, but it's also a good consequence. It's also those kind of things that if you're obedient, you will be blessed kind of things. And so when I, when I think about being obedient, I want to have a heart that's obedient, but it's also something different for me. It's something more. When I talk about a willing heart, it's when you actually want to be obedient. Have you ever had, uh, when I relate things to children, because I'm very much surrounded by my children and other people's children as much as I can. I always say I want to grow old with little children running around me. It's my heart. But um, when we talk about having a willing, willing heart, um, the actual definition I have here, it says it's for something to be done, born, or accepted by choice without reluctance. And that's the big thing for me. I want the Lord to ask me to do something and not to have any reluctance in my spirit to do it, you know? Um, when I ask Gabriel to do something, you know, he's obedient and he does it. He's a good kid. He'll do what I ask him to do. But how much more does it bless me when he says, sure, Mom, yeah, that's great. Let's do it. We'll hurry up and get it done or whatever else. And he's happy to do it. He wants to do it. He's excited about doing it, you know? That's the difference for me. That's something that's been very sweet and very pure to me is that I want to have a willing heart to do what God has called me to do. Not just obedient, but willing. So um, when I talk about a willing heart, I always think about a right heart. My, one of my favorite scriptures is Romans um, 12, 9 through 16. I can turn it if you want. Most of you probably know this. It says, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. That's a big one for me. Faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another, do not be proud. 
Be but willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Doing this creates a right heart. So you know that when you're checking your spirit about these kind of things, when you talk about a willing heart, it just, it's for me, it's even more. If you check this and you have a, a right heart, then the willing will come, but it's, it's, it, there's obstacles, you know. So first of all, I want to talk about the obstacles for me. Um, number one is used. When I think about my heart being willing, something, sorry guys, that I try and check constantly, because when you think about a willing heart, it's easy to say when you're used. I want to be used, Jesus. I want to be used. I want to, be, I want to do what you tell me to do. You can say those things, but it's easier to say it than do it. Um, what does that mean? It says, um, I value, yes, but not always pretty and shiny. So when you think about being used, you're not always pretty and shiny, but you're used. You're valuable. Something that's different, you know? Um, number two for me. It's uncomfortable always for me to be used and to know that I'm happy. And when I check my heart, this is about any instance that I do, anything that I say, okay, the Lord asked me to do, go say, go pray for someone. It's always uncomfortable, you know. It's always easier to just kind of, oh, I don't really, I don't know if I should, you know. Um, <laughs> I wrote down here, it says, I have a fear of change. I don't know about y'all, but I do. I have a fear of change at times. But when the Lord asks you to do something, He asks you to move to places like Sugarland, and it's unknown, and you know no one, and you're sitting in a computer going, I said, Lord, I wanted to have a willing heart to do what you call me to do, but what are we doing here? You know? To leave jobs where you're going, this is very, very uncomfortable. I don't, I mean, I have security but I have a willing heart to please you, to serve you, to put myself out there and do the things that you've asked of me, it's uncomfortable, always uncomfortable. And it never turns out the way that you think it will. You know, It's always about what Jesus wants. It's better to have in your mind that it won't be what you think it will be, and so you can be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Some of you would be just like, wow, Jesus. Um, number three for me is abuse. It's kind of a rough word. Um, something early on I dealt with in my walk, I'm going to be honest with you. It's just, I'm very, was very, um, well, protective over myself, I guess you could say. But it was always the, you know, question, well, if I do this, will this be expected of me? Will it be more expected of me? Will I always have to do this? Um, will I be persecuted for you? You know, that willing heart to do what the Lord has asked you to do. And create those kind of things, you know? And you have to honestly answer, yes, Lord, of course I will. But to really notice what's going on in you. These are the battles that you, that you struggle with, you know? Number four, forgotten. How many times have you, you're worried about doing things that are unnoticed, unseen, um, unappreciated? How many times have you struggled with, well, if I'm obedient, if I do these things, I'll get no glory. But you have to remember, you do it always unto Jesus. It's something that was, it's really, I have to remind myself, is that, am I doing it for the benefit of men, or am I doing it for the benefit of Jesus? Am I doing it because God has called me to do this? Um, the word says in Psalm 143.10, it says, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. 
want to be on level ground. That's that peace that y'all talk about. Now we're talking about prayer. One of the things for me when I got back is I struggled with all kind of stuff. And I knew it would be my husband's way, you know, all this kind of stuff, my security, those kind of things. Um, I was really jet lagged for a couple of days, surprised. And I thought, you know, I won't get that big deal. I felt like I was in la land for about three days. <laughs> it was just kind of like, okay, this is way more than I thought it would be. Um, but I was praying, and I kept praying, you know, God, please revive my spirit, revive my soul. I feel just kind of out of sorts with all of this. And my dad getting sick, and, you know, y'all know how emotional stress is. It's a lot of pain the last few days. I mean, more than um, most people I feel like can handle, you know. And seeing my mom. And I feel like at times, I like I, I'm just like this protector of people. I'm trying to make sure everybody's okay and everything, and then still take care of my children. And I feel like I'm being pulled to the point that, like Matt saw me Monday night, I'm just like, there's nothing left me. You know, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just so tired. And I went upstairs and I started praying. I said, Jesus, please forgive me, my God, for not going downstairs and praying with the saints, Lord. I just pray that I lay in my bed and just let the prayers of the saints wash over me because I'm so exhausted. And one of the things that I've been struggling with is since I got gotten home, I've been waking up and disoriented. Like, I've never done that. Like, I didn't know where I was kind of thing. And even when we were on all these different hotels and different places like that, I never feel like that. Like, I wake up, I'm like, oh, we're here, you know? And I kept feeling this struggle. And last night, I came home and I said, Jesus, I need sleep, mighty God. And he said, pray. I'm like, well, I've been praying. You know, you want to argue back and forth. I'm like, I've been praying. What you talking about, Lord? And so I just, I took my bath, and I did all the little things that are supposed to kind of calm me down, you know, and the Lord kept saying, pray. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm obedient, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm hard-headed, guys, for some reason, you know, you think I get it quicker. It doesn't happen that way. So anyway, so I get on my face, and I start praying, and I have just all of a sudden that peace come over me, that joy wash over me, the Lord starts revealing things to me, he starts reminding me about things that I want to say or speak or do, or all these all the nervousness that I had about it before was just like gone. And suddenly I felt that just like wash over me. I thought, oh my God, you're so amazing, Lord. You know, and I crawled in bed and started reading my word. And then, of course, Eric calls. It's 1 a.m., you know, and I'm like, he's telling me all about the exciting things that are going on. And I just finally felt that. I was like, whatever heaviness that I didn't realize I was carrying, all of a sudden lifted off of me. And I fell asleep into a deep sleep where I kept feeling like somebody was next to me. Isn't that weird? But I kept waking up thinking spirit was there. And I realized it wasn't. And I went back to sleep. And I realized in the morning, it's the Lord. He was just right there with me. He knew I needed to. I was no more disoriented. None of it. I felt that weight finally lift off of me. I thought, mighty God, thank you, Jesus. It's amazing how with prayer, you don't want to do it. It's a sacrifice. It's something that, you know, you're like, oh, well, I just did enough of it. Until you get there, you're going to that place. You've got to pursue it. You've got to push through and find that sweet spot of Jesus because it's there every time. It just depends on how much of us is in the way to get out of, you know. So, um, so talking about um, the will and heart, going back, um, Eric and I, y'all know, we got to go to Germany and got to go to several different places. Um, I really wasn't going to share very much about it in the beginning because I thought, well, you know, y'all kind of know where we went. But I can't tell you how amazing it was to have an experience with my husband for six days. Well, we've never, we've never done this. We've been married almost 19 years. 
and never been away that long and never, of course, gone anywhere like this. This is my first international trip. I'm like, wow, this is great. And to see Jesus just totally be before us. Um, from the moment we stepped off the airplane, we met someone who knew Paris that spoke English and said, well, I'll take you to the subway system. And we're like, okay, sure, let's go. You know, So we get on and we get through there. We meet two uh, kids that are um, Christians that... Um, are uh, from England that are working for uh, a charity organization. They get as many places as they can go. Um, they uh, take pictures with people and they earn money, like to raise support or something like that. Something unusual. So we start meeting, talking to them, and everything else, and they're taking us another place that this guy doesn't know. And it's just like, wow, Jesus, okay. And so everywhere we went, from the hotels to cab rides, we meet people who are like, oh, I know exactly where you go. We take a year, you know. And it was just like there was no. Um, Distress. We were easy. We were laughing. We were cutting up. We were joking, having the best time, just enjoying fellowshipping with each other. But also, it was just neat to meet people, you know, and realize you share the gospel anywhere. I mean, I know there's language barriers and stuff, but anytime you take out your Bible and take out a notepad and start talking about Jesus, they start looking at you, you know, and they're backing up and talking to each other, you know, they're talking another language back and forth. But there's always a way, and, and Eric, every time we realize, nobody knows what pastor means. They know what minister is, but we would say, well, he's a pastor of the church, and, and they're like, pastor? And, and, you know, we're like, oh, we're, we're hunting for words that we could think that we could share of what he is or what he does, and when they realize, they're like, oh, you know, and then they're kind of curious. We'd get questions here and there, you know, we'd get rosary beads out, people would get nervous <laughs> next to us on the train, they're just sitting there, you know, to get nervous, thinking, okay, I'm gonna, you know, these people are reading the word, I'm gonna go So, um, it was such a unique experience to realize, though, um, I had that fear of always, like, you know, everybody else will, you know, they won't understand me, you know, we're different, all this kind of things, nothing. The gospel is the same all over. People need Jesus all over, you know, from beginning to end. So anyway, we get to Germany, and uh, I get to meet Nicoletta, Nicoletta and Alma, and they are precious, and their kids, wow, they are some kind of full of energy. I mean, they're all over the place. They're twins, and they're three. They just turned three. And, and they're just talking, I mean, you know, to me, and they're saying things. I don't know what they're saying. I'm like, looking at her going, what are you saying? You know, and they're asking me questions and stuff, but they're so precious. And so we get to meet them, and it's new, and it's different, and, you know, and it's, um, you know, I'm unsure, and I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, the first thing she said to me is, oh, my gosh, you're tall. And I was like, okay, people in Germany were tall, you know, so, but she's just short, little Romanian girl, but, um, precious people. So we get to talk about Jesus and everything, but it seems just kind of still shallow, superficial talking, you know, and that's Saturday. So when we get there Sunday to their church, I'm like, okay, here we go, you know. And so we walk to the church, and I actually have pictures, and I'll probably show at the end, Joy, probably. Okay. Um, and immediately walk in, they have a, um, a flag of Israel on the wall. Mm. And they have a, like a menorah up on the thing. And Eric's like, oh, they, loved, they love Israel. And the pastor, um, Reinhardt was his name. He spoke little English, not very much. Um, yeah, he said, he says, with his eyes, just like a light, he said, yes. You know? And it was like, instantly we're like, Okay, I can see this, you know. So the, his daughter starts worshiping, and I mean, guys, you know, it's so precious to feel. I don't know if y'all ever gone to other churches and things like that, but when you walk in and you go to a church that's new, it's experience, 
And these people love Jesus just like you do. I mean, the anointing fell. It was so thick in that room. It was amazing. And the worship, I mean, she could play the piano. People could sing, you know, and they're singing between English and, and German and back and forth. And it's just so incredible, you know. And so I'm standing there just enjoying it. You know, and I've shared with Matt before is sometimes it's so nice to go into a church service and just worship, you know, just get lost, you know, not have to kind of fight that back and forth, back and forth. And sure enough, I sit there and all of a sudden that, oh, Lord, I'm feeling something. Okay, Jesus, you know. And the Lord keeps reminding me, do you have a willing heart or not? I'm like, oh, okay, mighty God, yes, I have a willing heart for Jesus. You know, I talked about the used, uncomfortable, abused, and forgotten. Here we go. You know, those feelings, those that great debate goes on in my head. I'm like, but Lord, I'll, I'll be used, but are you sure? Because they don't understand very much English. Oh, well, let me backtrack. This church was actually on the East German side. So for it to even be there is like a miracle. I mean, seriously, we're a spirit-filled church that loves Israel. It's on the East Germany side of Germany. You just understand. It's just kind of crazy. And a lot of these people are Russian Germans. So they're very different, you know. So I, I just kind of stand there and I'm going, oh, mighty God. You know, I, and I get that uncomfortable. Okay, they're going to think I'm crazy. You know, okay, I don't know if this is acceptable. They don't understand what I say. How do I do this yet? And I'm kind of looking back behind me and thinking, Lord, I know Eric, he's got to have something. <laughs> I'll just coast under a shade, you know, hide. And the Lord's like, it's not going anywhere. So I looked over to Conrad and Gwen. It's a couple that know very good English. She's actually U.S. born, but she's lived in Germany her whole life. And I sat there and I said, Conrad, can you interpret for me? And he said, he kind of looked at me and he says, okay. And I thought, oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> and I started speaking, and it was so evident to me that it was more, it was about the church, and it was about them longing for more, and he was right there willing to give, but they only had to pursue it. And it was like, I mean, I gave it, it was just a few seconds, I mean, a few, you know, a few seconds, but it was probably, I don't know, 20 seconds, and then right behind me was Eric, and it was just like, we were tagged together immediately. <laughs> And he was like, I'm so glad you did that because I wasn't sure if, but I knew when she had started. <laughs> I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. So I realized, you know, always it's uncomfortable. It's one of those things that you've got to strive after Jesus. You know, you've got to strive after what he's called you to do. And I have to be willing. I don't want to be just obedient. I want to be willing. I want to be willing to do what he's called me to do. So... When church service ends, Eric speaks, well, I've shared with that for y'all. He, he did such a good job, of course, but his wife, so I was going to say. But I think he, the anointing, I love this look that comes over my husband when I know that's Jesus. Because it's just, it's just different. It's distinct for me. I can see it. And the people were just so hungry. I mean, the church service, I think, lasted three and a half hours, I think, totally. It was, you know, and then we all went and ate in the next room. So we all fellowshiped. It was so precious and so sweet. So I felt like, okay, good, done what I was supposed to do. Yes, I'm check that little, you know, yes, Lord. I don't know about y'all, but I always feel like, okay, when I do something the Lord's called me to do, and I'm obedient, and I'm happy about it, and it's all going well, I think, okay, I'm doing good. So we get home. Yeah. And these people can sing and worship like I mean, like the early days of my walk with Jesus. I mean, they play, all of them play, not just one, they all play guitars, and they all play really, really well. 
and they all sing really, really well, you know, so I'm just like, yeah, this is great, you know, we're going to worship, and we start worshiping and doing good, and, uh, but it's still just, like, I feel like there's a connect, but there's not, it's still that kind of awkward feeling, so it kind of looks at me, and it's like, oh, man, really, you know, <laughs> I don't even hear it in my voice, I mean, it was like with fear and trepidation, I'm going, Jesus, I don't play like they do. I don't sing like they do, Lord. And Eric kind of just looks at me, you know, and I'm just like, okay. So I go upstairs, and um, I brought music with me, you know, because I, I have to read music for some reason. I can't do like Matt does and just learn it by ear. And um, he had asked me, and Eric had asked me to do that, but I thought, surely it won't happen. You know, but I was obedient, and I did it. So I walk upstairs, and I just start praying. I get on my face and say, Jesus with great fear and trepidation. I will see before these people in play, but mighty God, you have got to do something here. Make a miracle happen here or something, because um, being here is great, but I'm uncomfortable. I feel like, you know, I'm being tortured. <laughs> this is my abuse. And I would love to be forgotten at this point in time. <laughs> you know? So um, I get my music, and the Lord reminds me, what do you always say? say, here's my five loaves and two fishes, Lord. I offer up what I have, and it is what it is. So I walk downstairs, and I, I mean, with trembling, I'm talking about, like, and they all come like, oh, you're so excited, you know, I'm like, y'all need to be excited about this, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being good here, just being what, doing what my husband's asking of me, what the Lord requires, it's all, you know, they're kind of giggling, laughing and stuff, so. I played one song, which it went fine. It's one that I played a lot and everything else. But the second one, he looked at me and said, are you going to play that one? And I said, okay, I will. This is the one that's hard for me because I cry a lot during it. I feel like the Lord showed me this. It's somebody else's song, but I felt like the Lord had given, like, it. it it's the um, Bailu CD, the one um, uh, I want to be used by you. Yes. And it's my heart's desire, you know. And so I start playing, and I start crying a little bit, and I mean, I muddy through it, you know, it's one of those things, it's just like, okay, here we go, and I get done, and I look up, and there's tears in everybody's eyes, and I realized at that point in time, I was showing my underbelly feeling, you know, something that I didn't realize I hadn't shown them before, was that soft part of me, that vulnerable side of me, that I was scared to show, you know. That's my weaknesses. And so once that ended, you know, we all were praying and worshiping. It changed. Something changed. The environment changed. And I realized that me being prideful, me being fearful, me being scared, however you want to put it, you know, could have stopped something precious, you know. But be praying, have a willing heart, knowing that I was going to be used and uncomfortable all awkward and everything else would create something so precious and sweet. Um, a lot of y'all know that um, I had a open vision last year. I say that not lightly at all. Um, never experienced anything like this before in my life. Um, I've served the Lord. Um, when I was eight years old, I feel like I became a Christian, but truthfully, at 18 is when I really surrendered it all to Jesus. You know, that's kind of those gray areas if you want to talk about. I feel like as a child, I loved Jesus, but as a teenager, I served only me. And as an adult, I realized I had to make a decision, and I did that. 
And um, I've had an, ex an amazing experience with the Lord. You know, He gave me my best friend and my partner very early on. You know, Eric and I had known each other since we were 15 years old. And I felt like in 10th grade, the Lord told me that I was going to marry a pastor. And I wrote it down. And I thought, well, it's not Eric. Yeah, because of the life that we had at that point in time. And I believed it, and I believed that God's word was true, but there's something different about um, actually seeing it come to pass. The Lord actually reminded me of that when I was 24 years old, that he had spoken to me that I was going to be a pastor's wife. And I thought, wow, Jesus. You know, if ever the Lord speaks something to you, and we always think that I'm, um, it's going to happen really soon, really soon, really soon, I just want to encourage you, most of the time it doesn't. And most of the time you forget about it. And most of the time it comes back to you in the moment of, wow, you know, I see, Lord, now what you're doing. And it's encouraging and it's a memorial stone to keep and to know that the living God spoke to you about something. And then years later, months later, however long it is, you see it come to pass. It's something really precious. But um, in my open vision, um, I was actually standing right there. Um, Eric asked me to share this, by the way. I didn't want to because that is something very, very special to me, but very, um, very tender. This is me standing here before our church and showing my underbelly, if that makes sense. Um, but um, I actually got to go into God's room. Um, I, I, I can't describe to you the feeling, the emotions, the overwhelmingness um, of this. When I see this, I don't know at first what I'm looking at. I feel like I'm looking at a total. I actually went over my notes so that I remind myself of things. I don't want to miss them. But I saw, like, Jesus' throne in the distance, kind of like a city on a hill. You know what it talks about? Yeah, you can, you can understand. This thing is so massive and so big, but yet at the same time can be so close to you. Um, there were 20 or so, I thought at the time, um, beings that surround him. Um, I felt like they had different functions, different colors. Um, but they weren't people, they weren't angels, but I don't know what they were. Come to find out, see, ignorance is bliss sometimes when you have something like this experience, because later on you're sitting there going, the 24 elders. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So, uh, but I didn't know what it was. I just knew I was there. Um, I got to see Jesus. Uh, I didn't see his face. I saw his leg. I saw his body. I saw his crown. And there was this bright light behind him. And um, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail just because um, I feel like it's, you know, I don't know. Um, but uh, I felt like um, an amazement. I can't tell you the experience of feeling that, seeing that. My initial reaction was, Jesus, why am I seeing this and not Eric? I mean, why not somebody who is not so much not worthy, but just that he does more with it. He'll do more with this, Lord, you know? I know people who've seen Jesus that have done a lot with their vision, have gone a lot with it. But what I didn't realize is this is part of my whole crying out to have a willingness and to have a willing heart. But um, as I'm standing there, I'm conflicted between worship and, and going back and forth. I actually turned one time, and I felt like the vision started closing, and I jumped back. I thought, no, I'm not leaving this, you know. But I felt that confusion. I know Matt needed me to sing. I didn't know where we were going. But I jumped back into it to only have a man standing next to me. And um, he had a book in his hand. And in his hand, he had things listed. And Eric spoke about this, about things that 
he told me that were on the list. I asked what they were, and he said that these were things that were to be done. And then I needed, I needed to be more in the Word. I needed to be more prepared. Um, I needed to be focused on Jesus more. Because uh, the things that we're, we're called to do on this list were difficult. And that, not that I was, um, just as some people say, unfocused at times. Do y'all ever feel like that? You get kind of drifted off the path, and you're like, oh, wait, jump the back on. You know, and then you drift off. For some reason, I'd gotten very, very focused on all the things doing that I needed to get done, but I had missed somehow something, you know. I missed Jesus. I missed his presence. And so in this vision, um, I see the things listed on the page, and the man tells me. I first asked him, I said, are you an angel? And he said, no, I'm a servant. And I felt very at ease because... He was in like a brown robe with a um, tie, had gray beard and gray hair. And I realized there's people around us on the floor to prostrate. But um, I, you know, I don't know how many at the time, I think probably 10 or so. And, he's, and so when he says, I'm a servant, I thought, oh, okay. It's kind of like, because I, I think in my mind or however it works with Jesus, if I had known he was an angel, I would have maybe been more fearful. But I felt very at peace with this man. Realizing later on when I was talking to Eric, he's like, well, that's what an angel means. This is what I'm like. There we go. <laughs> but ignorance is bliss. But um, the man shows me this book, and he says that um, these things are to be done. And um, the, the top of the list, there was three things that had been crossed off. And I asked him, I said, what are these? It's a big, thick book, guys. You know, I think of those big books that you read. It's like one of those large, big Bible kind of books or something. And um, he said, those are all things that have been set in motion. And I... Don't know what they were, if you understand, I don't know what the words were, but I know what it was. And at the top of the list, it said that Thomas, the man that we had gone to Arkansas to pray for, he got spiritual. And that was at the top of the list. And I remember thinking, wow, like, how many, how many days did I spent fussing about going? Because it was difficult to find things for my children, you know, all those kind of, you know, taking care of preschool, all this kind of stuff to realize standing in the presence of God in the throne room and that right there was one of the top <laughs> you know thinking if I had not been obedient you know if I had not been willing to go do these things oh Lord he shows me pages before and I thought wow you know we're doing good there's three pages that's what it is there's pages way before pages way after but those three pages of things that Eric and I have accomplished things that he said set in motion that were set in motion. And I thought it was so strange. I thought, set in motion, Lord. Wow. Okay. So, during the vision, um, I thought, like I said, he, you know, I felt like we'd done good having these three pages. And he says, no, no, no. Those are faith builders. Those were the easy things. Here is the list to come. But they're very difficult. And I realized in the list, it's red and blue. It's two different colors, meaning Eric and I. And at some point, um, it stops on the next page. And I asked, I said, why does that stop? And he says, could you die? I thought, wow, okay. Realizing we do things that are set in motion, that are in a book. Jesus, what is the moment we, we, we leave his body? I mean, have you ever thought about that? Is how much you can accomplish even up until the moment you shed your last breath. We have to be willing to do things. And I can't tell you, the book wasn't anything other than that. 
is that the things that we had to accomplish would set in motion other things. And so when I'm standing there in Germany, and I'm standing up in this little bitty bedroom, and I think, Lord, this is surely not something that is in that book, you know? Um, it's just what I have to offer. And he reminds me that these five loaves and two fish, what did I do with them? I said, well, you blessed them and fed 5,000 men. And I, you realize how much these little things that you do, me showing my underbelly to these people, me being vulnerable with these people, all of a sudden changed the mood to where we spent the next two days sharing in the Word constantly about stuff, sharing about churches, sharing about missions, sharing about past hurts, past experiences. We shared stuff about marriage, marriage counseling, going over what the Lord's blessed us with. I truly believe that that helped that couple. And I hope to help them more. I hope they, that they blessed me as well, if that makes sense. It changes me. But being obedient and having a willing heart to do the things that God's called you to do, even when it's not comfortable, can create things in motion that you'll never see the rippling effects of. <coughs> you know, I truly believe all of us have this. The reason I was shown was to be encouraging to my husband, to be encouraging to me. There's trials ahead, and when I start seeing them, I need to put my feet down, put my, set my face like flint, and go for it. Because I'm going to accomplish the things. I'm going to make sure that those things are checked off in that book. And if it means that I'm uncomfortable, if I'm used, if I'm abused, if I'm forgotten, I'm going to do it. The thing is, is to have that um, desire to seek after Jesus, to pray constantly, to not miss the opportunities that the Lord has presented you. To have a willing heart to be able to do them. And not only just be obedient. I want to be able to stand before Jesus and be happy with me and pleased. And not be just that obedient, beat-down kid that did everything that I asked him to do. But to be excited and to be happy and for us to rejoice in the fact that we've done something amazing. You know, and I was obedient and I got to do it, Lord, and it was awesome. Knowing that it was a trial, that is my biggest, my biggest, um, my biggest heart, my biggest prayer, is to be used by the Lord, to be willing to do whatever it is at any cost. And even as I say that, I realize what I'm saying. You know, at any cost, to be obedient. I feel like there's been times before. I felt like the Lord has shared with me. There's been lots of people, lots of women in particular, maybe lots of even pastors' wives that had opportunities to do things, to sacrifice themselves, their comfort, their stabilities, um, their family even. And in the past, couldn't accomplish it. But I'm determined. I'm determined to accomplish what the Lord has called us to do. I'm determined to be obedient, to be willing to do it. And I ask that of our, of our church, you know. I pray for that of our church. For all of y'all to be able to stand before the living God and have said, I was willing to do what you called me to do, and I was obedient. That's it. Amen. Amen.